This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. This is Mark here. And um, if you haven't heard our podcast before, again, our name is Brokenness to Faith. And we are here to talk about topics in the Bible and things we go through every day in real life. We get raw, we get real, we don't sugarcoat things. We don't say because you're a Christian everything will be okay. We get into very um, interesting, very deep topics. We get into stuff about different religions. We get into stuff about sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, media, depression, suicide, um, deep questions in the Bible we have, and various things like that. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about forgiveness in our world of anger. Forgiveness in our world of anger. You'll see what I mean when we get into it. Stay along with me here. The definition of forgiveness. The action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. The action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. Or another one, to cease to feel resentment against an offender. To cease to feel resentment against an offender. So, we're going to get into it right here. The main scripture we're going to use is from Matthew chapter 5. If you heard our past episodes, um, you would know this, what I'm about to say. If you haven't, we always say this almost every episode at some point. Everything we say has to be backed up with scripture. If we consider ourselves a Christian podcast but we just spit out nonsense and we can't back it up with any scripture, not just one random scripture, but we can't back it up with what truly the Bible says and what, you know, what we're saying then, does it even hold? Does it even have weight to it? Because if you can't put scripture to something, it might not be able to hold. It might not, might not be right. might not be true. Well, speaking of forgiveness in a world of, in our world of anger, Matthew 5, 23 to 24, this is the NIV version. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So, I want to give you a little background just, just on that scripture, but I guess on the whole chapter itself would be, would be better. If you look at, that's verses 23 to 24. If you look at verse 21, Jesus starts off by saying, you have heard that it was said. And the subheading for that was murder. So Jesus was getting ready to talk about murder, and in verse 21 he says, you have heard that it was said. And then he gets into, if you look at it a little later, there's a subheading of adultery. And in verse 27 he says, you have heard that it was said. You get into another subheading, you're looking at your Bible, next one would be divorce. In verse 31, it has been said. Then you look at oaths. That Jesus, there's another subheading, oaths. And verse 33, again you have heard that it was said to the people long ago. Next subheading, verse 38, eye for eye. He says, you have heard that it was said. Verse 43, the subheading that starts there, love your enemies. You have heard that it was said. You might be thinking, what does that have to do with anything? What's, it, what's going on here? Just in this chapter alone, six times, he says something along the lines of, you have heard that it was said. 
You see, people in that day did not really study the law of Moses themselves. All they had was the teaching on the law from the scribes and Pharisees. They believed what generations and generations had told them without going to explore and learn and seek it themselves. Translation for today. In our world today, people just believe what they're told without searching it out themselves. Each generation is being taught more and more that it's okay to hate, it's okay to have anger. If you're offended or people say things that make you feel uncomfortable, we're taught to put up our guard in silence or in yelling, calling people racist or you're going to hell. Just living with hate and anger, then to talk it out and to try to make it right. People say, I'm not for anger, I'm not for hate, until someone says something they don't like. Until someone says, yeah, well, I'm a Christian, this is kind of what I believe respectfully. Oh, no, get that out of here. We need to get religion out of this country, or we need to separate um, uh, you know, religion and state. We need to separate church and state. We need to separate those things, and they start going off. As opposed to being like, well, this is what I believe respectfully. We cannot have dialogue in, t- in today's um, culture. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Blue lives matter. Republicans, Democrats, even sports teams, Lakers, Clippers, Celtics. You know, it doesn't matter. Somehow we get into arguments. And it's almost like it's not just getting verbal anymore. It's getting physical. But let's look into that scripture, our main scripture. And if we look what it says here, um, I want to highlight this first part that I'm going to highlight. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. So if you read the whole con- uh, read verse, it says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Or one translation says, and go your way. What am I getting to here? When it says, leave your gift, therefore, before the altar, and first go and be reconciled to them. Jesus considers it far more important to be reconciled to a brother or sister than to perform a religious duty. Let me repeat that. Jesus considers it far more important to be reconciled to a brother or sister than to perform a religious duty. Jesus says we must first be reconciled to your brother. We can't think that our service towards the Lord justifies ignoring slash not making time to fix bad relationships with others. What Jesus is saying is it is far more important to get right with people in God's eyes than to attain and or do religious things in the church. It is far more important to get right with people in God's eyes than to attain and or do religious things in the church. Let me ask you a couple questions if you're listening. Ponder these questions. I'll even give a little break in between these questions if you want to just pause, pause the podcast, write down those questions, think about these things, ponder these things. Uh, The first set right here. Before you preach forgiveness, have you forgiven those around you first? Have you accepted forgiveness from others? Let me repeat that. Then if you need to pause it, you can pause it. Before you preach forgiveness, have you forgiven those around you first? 
Have you accepted forgiveness from others? Next one. Before you take communion to honor God, have you honored him through being an honorable person with people and in your heart? Before taking communion to honor God, have you honored him through being an honorable person with people and in your heart? Next one. When you pray, do you pray as much for the people you dislike as much as you do the people you like? When you pray, do you pray as much for the people you dislike as much as you do the people you like? Got one more set here. Do you say God is love and loves everybody, but you have a hard time loving people of other religions, other political beliefs, and or people who have opposite views as you do on life? Do you say God is love and loves everybody, but you have a hard time loving people of other religions, other political beliefs, and people who have opposite views as you do on life? You see, I want you to go back, pause in between each of those questions if you haven't already. Write those questions down. Ponder them throughout your, your, your next few devotional times. If you don't have a devotional life, get one. Wake up in the morning, on your lunch break, in the evening. I don't care, but spend time with God. And even use this. If you don't know where to start, use these questions. Ponder them. Dig through Scripture. Go to the back of your Bible and look up forgiveness and see what scriptures it takes you to. Google verses on forgiveness. Look, look at what the Bible says. Ponder these questions. Don't take my word for it. Go experience it for yourself. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just asking you questions. I want you to go take it and figure it out for you. Because for each person, their heart is different. For each person, they're going through different things. Now here's something on forgiveness I want you to know. You do not have to agree with someone in order to love them and live a life of forgiveness. You do not have to agree with someone in order to love them and live a life of forgiveness. Maybe we're justified. Maybe people have done us wrong. But holding anger in our hearts will not help the situation. Maybe we're justified. Maybe people have done us wrong, but holding anger in our hearts will not help the situation. Example, and these are two extremes depending on the person you are. Our last president, Barack Obama. Our current president, President Trump. Depending on what side of the aisle you're on, Republican or Democrat or where you lean, one of those two names will spark crazy outrage. The other one you will think is one of the best presidents in recent memory. If you, are, if you are someone who supported Obama, you are probably someone who thought he was one of the best presidents in recent memory, and you probably think Trump is garbage. And if you are someone who leans on the side of Trump, you probably think he's one of the best presidents in recent memory, and you think Obama is trash. I know there's probably people in the middle, people who are like, oh, both of them were okay or whatever, but I know a lot of people who if you put both those presidents side by side, people would love one and hate the other. I know someone who's a Christian and hated President Donald Trump, would say things on social media about Donald Trump. I eventually, 
after thinking about it and seeing it a lot on social media, I eventually commented and said, even if you think he's this terrible person and has done terrible things, the way you are going about it is creating hate in your own heart. The very people that say our president is full of hate are now filling themselves up with hate towards our president in their hearts. It's not just a president thing. It's our neighbor. It's our coworkers. It's our family. Maybe people close to you have done you wrong. Maybe you're in the right, but holding resentment in your heart makes you just as bad in God's eyes as much as the person that you wronged. Excuse me, as much as the person that wronged you. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're in the right, but ho- by holding resentment in your heart. Maybe you're in the right, but holding resentment in your heart makes you just as bad in God's eyes as much as the person that wronged you. There we go. Eventually, after a few takes, I get it. Let me repeat it again. Maybe you're in the right, but holding resentment in your heart makes you just as bad in God's eyes as much as the person that wronged you. Maybe you're in the right, but holding resentment in your heart makes you just as bad in God's eyes as much as the person that wronged you. There were people I I had resentment towards in my past, and I felt like people have done me wrong. And yeah, and some people even agree with me, yeah, that person did you wrong. But I still held resentment in my heart. I did not have forgiveness in my heart towards that person. And in the world's eyes, someone does someone in the world wrong, they're going to hold resentment. And when they get people backing them saying, you're justified, then it just creates this resentment, anger towards that person or maybe towards a certain group of people or maybe towards a certain area. And it, it doesn't create unity. It creates discontentment. It creates separation. Don't take my word for it. Let's go to the scripture, like I said. Let's look at some Bible verses on resentment slash bitterness. Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I like that. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So that, that's the key, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So it says forgive if, if, if you have anything against anyone. So that. It's like saying if you do this, then I'll do this. People like to, and this is off topic a little, people like to say, oh, it's unconditional love. Jesus is all about unconditional love. Well, if you really think about it, we still have to do our part. And you say, no, no, that's not true. You know, now that's a work-based faith. No, but I mean, right here, it says it in this verse, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. God can't forgive us until we forgive others and maybe even sometimes forgive ourselves. And now you say, oh, now you're getting into conditional forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. I'm only going to forgive you if you do this. Look, from human to human, we need to forgive unconditionally. Hey, look, you did this to me, I still forgive you. I did this to you, I'm asking for forgiveness. I don't know who's right or wrong, it doesn't matter to me. I'm asking you for forgiveness. And that's when the Father up above will forgive you. Unconditional love, no. See, 
you need to come to the Father, and then he will give you that love. But we have to, not that it's work-based, but we have to follow what Jesus prescribes in the Bible. We have to follow what the Word of God says. Oh, Jesus loves me. It's unconditional. So you can just do whatever you want, and he'll love you anyways. Yeah, in a sense, he'll love you. But on Judgment Day, when you're dead and you're in front of God, and he sends you to hell because of you didn't care about this life spiritually, you didn't forgive others, you didn't ask for forgiveness, and then you're going to be like, whoa, God, where's this unconditional love? Well, where did you unconditionally love people? See where I'm getting at here? Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may become defiled. That was Hebrews 12, 15. Let's look at Matthew 6, 9 through 13. New Living Translation. Probably heard this one. Well, I know you've heard this one. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I'm sure you know the old school version. I chose New Living Translation for the key verse I'm going to get to. Verse 12. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. There's that condition again. This was Jesus saying this, by the way. It's not like, oh, Jesus forgives me no matter what. You know, there's nothing I can do that can separate me from God. No height, no depth. Blah, blah, blah. And they like to misquote scripture. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. If you hold resentment, bitterness in your heart towards a family member, a coworker, a friend, a certain group of people, whether you can get a hold of them and make right or not, God cannot fully forgive us of our sins if we don't go out there and ask for forgiveness, if we don't go out there and remove that resentment and bitterness from our heart. I know it's hard. And you might say, yeah, but what you're describing, yes, that's me, but the, the people I need to ask forgiveness for, I have no way of getting a hold of them. I have lost all contact with that person. God knows your heart. God knows. But if you can make amends, if you can make right, go ask that person for forgiveness. Call them. Talk to them. Say, this is how I felt about you for a while, but I was in the wrong. God has convicted me. Will you forgive me? I am sorry. And if you truly mean it, God will forgive you. I'm not going to guarantee people will forgive you. You can go up to someone with the most godly heart, even to Christians, say, look, I was in the wrong. Will you forgive me? They might say no. There's nothing you can do about that. And that doesn't cancel your forgiveness in God's eyes. If you had a true heart that wanted forgiveness, and you went to the people, you went to the person, you went to maybe your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your grandkid, your aunt, your uncle, co-worker, friend, former friend, enemy, 
and you asked them for forgiveness, or you finally came to them and said, I accept your forgiveness, I was in the wrong for not accepting that forgiveness. So, I mean, it says here, Jesus is saying, you know, in the beginning, it says, pray like this and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. People are of the belief, because I am forgiven, I will forgive. Nope, 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 nope. It's not how it is. It's not how it is. People are of the belief, because I am forgiven, I will forgive. Nah, cut that crap out. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. People are of the belief, because I am forgiven, I will forgive. No. Forgive and you will be forgiven. In this day and age, forgiveness in our world of anger, it's hard. It's really hard. It's super duper ultra mega rare hard. It is crazy hard. I remember, um, I believe it was North Carolina or Charlotte, North Carolina, somewhere in that area, South Carolina probably. Uh, where that you had that white kid, I believe his name was Dylan. I don't remember the exact name. He went in to a AME church, African Methodist Episcopal Church, predominantly African Americans. And he went in there during a time they were having um, a weekly Bible study, I believe, some type of service. This was a few years ago, and. He basically eventually pulled out a gun and shot the place, shot some people, killed some people. There was even um, later after the event, uh, I believe it was a little girl who, who pretended to, to be dead on the ground. So, you know, he would just move on. And eventually he gets taken to court he gets caught and he gets taken to court. And he's in like this little room and you can you see him on the camera and there's a few guards and he's and he, you know, He's chained up and stuff um, and with handcuffs and everything. And the judge eventually goes to the people, you know, the relatives, the family members of those who were there who didn't die. And he says to them, anything you want to say to this man? And one lady says, we welcomed you with open arms. We loved you. We might have not known you that well, but we accepted you into our Bible study. And I want you to know, even with the horrendous acts you have done, I forgive you. Don't believe me? Go, go look it up on YouTube. You will cry. I mean, I'm even getting teary-eyed now. Um, again, I don't remember the exact. It was in North or South Carolina. And he shot up an AME church. And you can look it up on YouTube, the people's responses in court. And one lady, like I just said, we welcomed you into our Bible study. We accepted you. We loved you. And even with the horrendous things you've done, I forgive you. We forgive you. Now, if you're asking me the perfect example of forgiveness in our world of anger... That's it. How many of you, if you're in a situation where someone shot a family member, someone shot a close friend, how angry you would be. 
And in human nature, probably, that would be the instinct. But will you let it go? Will you forgive? I'm not saying that person shouldn't be let go free. That, that young punk who did that, yeah, we need to learn to forgive him and love on him and pray that God changes his heart. But he should still get, by law, what he deserves. There's repercussions for our actions. But are you willing to forgive despite years of maybe someone doing you wrong? Maybe you haven't been close to your brother in years. Maybe you haven't been close to your parents in years. Maybe you've just had this very discontentment and internal hate and turmoil in your heart for years. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it'll all happen overnight where you ask for forgiveness, now your relationship with whoever is is joyous again and happy. But will you take the first step in asking for forgiveness? Even if you say, no, but they did me wrong. Will you humble yourself and take the first step and say, let's squash this beef. I'm sorry. I felt resentment in my heart. I was wrong. Let's try to make this right. Would you? Would you do this with me? It's a two-way street. I would... I, I want to ask you for forgiveness. And let's work on our relationship. Let's work on our friendship. And if they say no, okay, you, if you truly meant what you said, that's all you can do. Well, you can do that and then pray. Continue to pray for that person. Continue to reach out under God's wisdom on when you think it would be good to do so and keep doing that. You don't want to keep hitting them up every day, every, every day. Do you want to forgive me? Please forgive me. Come on, forgive me. And then they just grow more distant from you. But ask that person for forgiveness. Make right, make amends, even if they've done you wrong. Believe it or not, there are stats on forgiveness. Barna Research Group. Barna Research Group is a leading group of, um, I don't even know what to say. We, we've used their stuff here before in our podcast. And they do a lot of surveys among Christians said this, a majority of practicing Christians, 76%, believes they have offered unconditional joyful forgiveness to another person who had hurt, upset, or sinned against them, or someone they loved. Nearly one in six, 15%, says they have never offered this level of forgiveness, and 9% admit they are unsure. But the other perspective it's disheartening because you would say, wow, 76% of Christians believe they have offered unconditional joyful forgiveness to another person who they have hurt, upset, or sinned against, or, or someone who's sinned against them. 76%. Only 15% said they have never offered that level of forgiveness. 9% are unsure. That's, I mean, honestly, that's pretty good. But the other perspective is disheartening. Just over half of practicing Christians, 55%, remembers another person being merciful to them in this way. With another 38% who say this has not happened and 7% who don't know. 55% say another Christian was merciful to them in this way of forgiveness we're talking about. That's just over half. If you have 100 people in your congregation, only 55% by those standards have offered unconditional forgiveness regardless of who's right or wrong. That's pretty bad when you look at it like that, with another 38% who 
who say this has not happened and 7% who don't know. Which when you say 7% who don't know, that probably to me, well, I want to lean on the fact that that's a no. You couple that together, that's 45%. Just under half the church feels like they haven't received this unconditional forgiveness in whatever relationship, friendship, or whatever person it would pertain to in their lives. Look at this. Not all Christians find themselves ready or capable of accepting forgiveness. More than one-fifth of practicing Christians, 22%, report struggling with receiving forgiveness for something they have personally done wrong. Not all Christians find themselves ready or capable of accepting forgiveness. More than one-fifth of practicing Christians, 22%, report struggling with receiving forgiveness for something they have personally done wrong. Around one in four practicing Christians, 23%, has a person in their life who they just can't forgive. This isn't just Christians. Oh, yeah, I consider myself a Christian. They said around one in four practicing Christians, around one in four, they said 23%, has a person in their life who they just can't forgive. And I feel bad. People say, oh, you know, I love God, I worship God, I serve the church. I tell people about Jesus at my work. But when you dig really deep and you get to know everything about them, yeah, but there's just this one person, I just can't forgive them. And you might say that's just a little percentage of their life. Everything else is, is doing what God wants them to do, not that we're perfect. And they think they're going to heaven. Yet going back to Matthew 6, um, verse 12, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. 23% of practicing Christians who say they just can't forgive someone in their life, yet they ask God for forgiveness on a daily, weekly basis. They attend church. They read their Bible. Well, they say they read their Bible, but we get to the verse, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. How can Jesus forgive us our sins? If there are people in our life, we just can't forgive. I mean, let's be real here. You can say, no, 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 no. Or, you know, now you're getting legalistic. That's just, you know, we're going to get picky about every little single thing. Don't take my word for it. Matthew eleven twenty five. We read this earlier. Another one. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Forgive, and then your Father, who is also, who also is in heaven, may forgive you. God will forgive you when you forgive others. But how do you expect Jesus to forgive you and cleanse you your heart of your sin when you won't forgive others? And in reality, you can argue with me all you want about how that's not true, but not being able to forgive someone in my mind, and just by reading this scripture in the context, you're not willing to forgive others, and that's a sin. How can you ask God for forgiveness to cleanse you of all your sin when there is sin you have against others by not willing to forgive them, not willing to ask for forgiveness for them? Say, hey, you know, I was wrong, or I'm willing to accept your forgiveness. You're not willing to do either of those things or both, and you expect God to forgive you of your sins? Come on, let's be real. That's sad. There are people, in my mind, and again, if you've heard our past podcasts, I say extreme things. I say what I think. I have no filter when it comes to these talks. 
You might disagree with me. Okay, but I'm going to tell it like it is in my mind and what I see in Scripture. Around one in four practicing Christians, 23%, has a person in their life who they just can't forgive. When I read that, I look at it as around one in four practicing Christians, 23%, has no chance into getting into heaven for eternity because they just could not forgive someone. That's extreme. How could you say that? That's what scripture, forgive as you have been, you know, forgive and you will be forgiven. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. I mean, let's go back to another one. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. You have bitterness in your heart towards someone. It's going to start springing up more. It's going to cause trouble. And it's going to create you and maybe even other people to become defiled. But let's, let's end on a positive note here. The key in that uh, verse in Matthew 6, it says, As we have forgiven, as we have forgiven. You see, as we forgive, God will forgive us. Let's look at the end of our, of our main scripture here. When it says right here, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Let me read the whole scripture, but focus on the last part. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. The key here, as we're ending, <clears throat> then come and offer your gift. Do you catch that? First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Jesus wants us to come back. Let me repeat that. Jesus wants us to come back. Is there someone in your life you need to ask forgiveness for? Or maybe accept forgiveness from? Someone, do it. Is there someone in your life you need to ask forgiveness for? Or maybe accept forgiveness from someone? Do it. Pause. Let me read this again. Write it down. Pause it. It's another question you can write on your list from the questions we asked in the beginning. Ponder this question. Is there someone in your life you need to ask forgiveness for? Or maybe accept forgiveness from someone? Take this question, take the questions I, I gave you earlier, ask God for wisdom, pray over them. Maybe even have a journal in front of you, write down what comes to mind. I'm not trying to get super spiritual or weird, but something about journaling and putting things on paper, just it changes things. You might have had thoughts already just hearing what I'm saying, but write it down and see where God leads you. And it, it will be tough. I hate these conversations I have to have sometimes in my life where I go to someone for forgiveness. Hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Or maybe I never accepted someone's forgiveness and I have to go to them. Say, you know what? I was wrong to not forgive you. I was in a bad state. I forgive you now. Will you forgive me for, for 
being that way earlier. It's tough. And it might not go the way you want it to. But once you do that, Jesus will be waiting with arms wide open, excited to show you and grow you more than ever because of the step of forgiveness you just made in an age of anger. Go out there. Think, ponder, pray, seek wisdom. And ask God to show you how you can go about, you know, is there people in my life I have wronged and go out there and forgive them? Is there people that have wronged me that I hold resentment and bitterness in my heart? God, forgive me and let me go find them. I need to ask them for forgiveness for the resentment I've held in my heart. And what power, what example would that be as a Christian if someone in the world has wronged you and you go to them and say, I forgive you. What power is there And when someone's wronged you and you go to them and the look on their face after you say this and you say, hey, look, I have felt bitterness and resentment in my heart towards you for what this action, this thing you said, whatever you've done, but I want to ask for your forgiveness because of the resentment and bitterness I felt in my heart towards you. They're going to look at you like you're a nut, like you're crazy. So in your mind, I've done something wrong to you, yet you're going to come to me and ask me for forgiveness because you have held resentment and bitterness to my heart. That person thinking that is going to be like, wow, this Christian's crazy. But Christians are called to be, in a sense, crazy. We're called to go against what the typical culture says. It's supposed to be counterculture. How powerful would that have How much of an impact would that have on someone when you do that? It would definitely encourage the Christian if it was towards another Christian. And it would definitely bring to light the true Jesus living in you when you do that to someone in the world. Forgiveness in our world of anger. Forgiveness in our world of anger. So I ask you today, are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to let go of the anger, the pain, the hurt, the brokenness? I do want to give one um, forewarning, though. Sometimes seeking someone you know, you, you know where they're at, and you can ask them forgiveness. You can seek them out for forgiveness on your side or their side or whatever. But if it's a dangerous situation... Truly pray to God and go to your leaders first. Go to the people in your church first. Say, hey, I've been feeling this on my heart. Um, I want to make right with this person, but here's the scenario. Maybe it's an abusive husband, an abusive wife. We're called to forgive, and I know that would be hard. It would be really hard to go to them if it's a dangerous situation. It would be really hard if... You know, maybe there's gang members and you used to be in a gang and and you've gotten right with the Lord and you want to go to them and ask them for forgiveness and or whatever the scenario, but it might not be safe. Seek the Lord. Any situation you're unsure of, seek the Lord. But for sure, even if you think it's not the safest situation right now, at least get right in your heart with God and God knows your heart. Yes, 
forgive those so God can forgive you, but he also knows the situation where that might not be possible. People who, who might, they might have passed away. God, am I going to go to hell now? Because I want to make right with this person now, but they've gone away. God knows every situation. He knows your heart. But do you know your own heart? Do you know the bitterness and anger in your heart? Check your heart. If you haven't wrote down those questions, go back to the beginning. Ask yourself these questions. Write them down. Ponder them in your devotional time about forgiveness. If you didn't write them down and now you feel more compelled to, I have it right here. I'll read them off one more time. Before I do, I want to just um, say, because I'll close with those questions. This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. We have an Instagram, brokenness underscore two underscore faith. I'll be honest, we don't keep up with it, but it's there. We eventually will. You can check us out there. If you have questions, um, you can always email us concerns. You think we're wrong. Um, brokenness to faith at gmail.com. Brokenness to faith at gmail.com. You can look us up on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm sure you're listening through one of those things or through our church website. Um, Again, this isn't just for people in our church. It's for anybody. I encourage you to get plugged into a local church if you don't have one. Um, And so I'm going to end with these questions. If you didn't write them down earlier, I want you to write them down now and ask God. Ask God to see what he says about these questions. Before you preach forgiveness, have you forgiven those around you first? Have you accepted forgiveness from others? Before you take communion to honor God, have you honored him through being an honorable person with people and in your heart? When you pray, do you pray as much for the people you dislike as much as you do the people you like? Do you say God is love and loves everybody, but you have a hard time loving people of other religions, other political beliefs, and people who have opposite views on you, opposite views as you do on life? 